Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Three Points Podcast. We are recording this here Tuesday night, post-Labor Day weekend. Uh, this one, we're going to be covering the recent Premier League weekend and then touching on some college football from the past week. A lot of exciting stuff. Uh, first off, boys, how was Labor Day weekend? Uh, Charlie, did you have a big move, I heard? Big move, yeah. Uh, moved in on Saturday, back in the city, back in Lincoln Park. Uh, really liking the new um, apartment. Don't have any Wi-Fi yet. So oh, we're running a hot spot here, running, but uh, no, it's good. Uh, excited to be back. I got a nice little rooftop, which I'm pretty excited about. You guys got to come on sweet. down. Um, yeah, it's cool. Uh, but yeah, moved in on Saturday and then got kind of got to settle in Sunday and Monday and back to the grind this morning. But no, it's, right. it's good to be Great back. How about you? Yeah, I had a fun weekend in Des Moines. Was there for a wedding. Got to uh, just hang out for a bit and just uh, relax. It was a good time. Nice. Back in the city. There you go. Oh, yeah. Love the yeah. city. Cool. Uh, but yeah, so we're going to pop this off here from Three Points Podcast. We're going to go around and give our three points from this past Premier League weekend. Uh, Brady, you want to start us off? Yeah. Yeah. My first point was that goals are back in the Premier League. Amen. Out of the 10 matches this past weekend, uh, I had at least three goals, which I was actually able to watch a lot of matches. And, you know, it was very entertaining. Um, obviously, my team I root for is Spurs. That, that match had seven goals. That was a really fun one. Uh, but even just like Brentford Burnmouth, that was a fun game to watch. Um, Liverpool Villa, good game. Just good soccer, especially for people who are just neutral fans. It was fun to watch. Goals, 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 goals. We'll take those all day long. I love that. Uh, my point from the weekend is Dominic Solslai is the sign of the season. I think he's been phenomenal for Liverpool here. I know Brady's going to make a claim here about James Madison. I can already see it in his eyes. I can already see it. Um, but I think based on what he's brought into the team, how much Liverpool have been missing from their midfield, uh, he had a stunning goal here this past uh, weekend, which was great, but really being a commanding force. A lot of the times these past few games, uh, we've been down to 10 men. He's had to fill in, hasn't been subbed off once. He's played every, every minute of the Premier League so far, um, has really transformed our attacking midfield and being able to create from midfield and just doing a lot of different things. So I think so far he's been a phenomenal signing and, Something I'm really excited about as a Liverpool fan. So um, that's my point from the weekend. But C-Rose, what about you? Yeah, I think I picked the wrong uh, – my preseason, I picked the wrong Liverpool midfielder so far. He's been great. But uh, my sign or my point of the week, it's a little more doom and gloom. But uh, Man U's in big trouble. <laughs> they are not good. It's four, four, four games, sample size, uh, just hasn't been there all year. Injuries are, are piling up. Uh, it's not good. I, we just can't beat the top half team. I just, it's been so long. I don't really, and we, I was hoping for draws against these top half teams, which is, as Man U, you can't do that. Um, yeah, so we're in, we're in big trouble here. I, uh, international break couldn't come at a better time. I know we had two tough games out of the first four, but they looked bad in the other two as well. So um, I'm really, really scared. And uh, hopefully these injuries aren't too bad. But yeah, they're in some. They're in some big yeah, trouble so out, I think that brings us to our like kind of first point, first game we wanted to cover here, which was Man U Arsenal. Um, I know you mentioned you were moving this weekend. Did you get a chance to get all settled in? Get a chance to watch it? This unfortunately was the only <laughs> soccer game I watched all weekend. Um, right here on my computer. Um, but yeah, no, this was. Uh, I would say like old me would be like, oh man, the last. 10 minutes they stole it from us no they 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 owned that game the entire time um i wouldn't say like we looked 
like outclassed. But again, another Man U where it was pretty flat. Um, midfield was wide open, similar to other weeks. But it was like the Rashford goal was really nice. And going up 1-0, I had a little optimism. That was a sweet counterattacking goal. Rashford on the left. I'm a broken record. I'll say it every week. But Rashford on the left is like, it just makes sense. So, I mean, that's I don't get it. But it's just frustrating. Like, I was, I just knew something bad was happening, like the 80 or 85th minute when Johnny Evans and Harry yeah. Maguire, the center back pairing, you just know like shit's going to break down. Um, and I'm not, I'm not blaming them on the game on them, but like when that corner got to, to Declan Rice, nobody came up to mm-hmm. touch. Like he just had a free shot, um, kind of put Onan in a tough spot. And then the last goal was just, that was just a sweet move by Jesus. But, um, yeah, I, I think Arsenal deserved the win. I think when we scored that Garnacho in the 85th minute, to take the two on lead, we would have stole it. And I would have been happy with the point based on how they played. But like I said, like Hoyland came on and didn't really that. do much. Um, what um, was your kind of thought? I know he got subbed on there on um, the second half. Um, any initial thoughts on, I know it's only what, like 30 minutes or so, but. Yeah. I mean, he didn't really get a lot of opportunities. Uh, he ran around hard, I guess. I don't know. He kind of like forced a couple long balls back to us. Um, didn't really do much when he had the, one or two chances, I would think. So it was okay. I mean, I can't really give him, I can't really fault him for only like 30 minutes of time. But I think like the only, like the only silver lining in this team is Juan Bissaka. Like woof. every team we've played. No, no I mean, woof. No, he's been good. Your, what do you mean silver woof? lining is Aaron Juan Bissaka. Like that's like the highlight. Okay, of okay. Yeah, I was going to so say, <laughs> it's sad. Like he, he, he put Marnelli in his pocket. He shut Sun down. Like we're losing these games, but he has taken like left mid is, Obviously, maybe side striker, mm-hmm. like one of the most important positions out there. He shut every other team's pretty much best player down every week, which has been nice. But again, like the fact that I'm rooting and like cheering on my right back for like knocking the ball mm-hmm. out and giving away corners and like stopping like progression like that is bad. So all in all, like man, you couldn't this this international break couldn't come at a better time for them. Um, I'm really frustrated. And I hope some of these injuries, some of these guys will be back because we just can't afford that center back pairing uh, moving forward. If we want to try so to get a couple back questions into this for you race. based on the game, then I want to talk about what happened after the game as well. But uh, so Rashford, that goal was okay. great. Classic counterattacking, Man United, like beautiful. And then this just immediately Martin Odegaard scores another goal, makes it 1 1. Just it feels like people, they kind of like fell asleep. I know there's, I forget what FIFA game I played, but there used to be a saying like it was programmed in there, like if, the team scored right after they gave up a goal. They'd be like, a team's most susceptible for giving up a goal right after they score, <laughs> which like I think that's been implanted in my mind that like that's the first thing I thought of when I saw Odegaard score that. But what was your kind of like just I had a chance to watch the first half, so that was one of my takeaways there. Dude, I was texting you guys. <laughs> I didn't even see the goal. I like was like texting like all these Rashford texts, like, let's go, let's go. And I looked down <laughs> and I was like, oh fuck. Like, are you kidding me? Um I mean, it was just – it was so easy. Like, it was like they were playing on the training ground. That Just a wide-open yeah. pass in the middle. He's rolled nice. it to guard on his, on his left foot. Like, that boy, nice. That, he's really good. And that's just – that's just terrible. Like, you can't not be ready after after you score a goal and it's kickoff at the center circle. Yeah. Like, that's so bad. Yeah. Um, which is – it sucks. So I didn't that, see it. I didn't get a chance to watch much of the second half, but I saw I – I did watch the highlights. Um, yeah, that second goal, I know, like, McGuire and Evans, that center back pairing that came on was – awful when they were so bad and like nobody like that seemed like even like seemed like pretty fundamental just like someone's got to take like guard a guy who was able to catch it off his chest take it take a touch in the box have a corner and just rifle it home so um 
Yeah, I mean, from an Arsenal perspective, I thought they played very well. Like, they did okay, and, like, I think it's a big win for them going forward to kind of stay in contention. Because if they draw that game, like, you know, they're looking pretty high up the table already to start the season. But, um, Brady, anything you wanted to add at all? No, I mean, you know, I like to go in on Man United, but, you know, I, you know, they weren't going to win at Arsenal with their third, fourth, fifth center back options playing like significant minutes. So, I mean, they held on for a while, but um, yeah, they just never really threatened. I feel like their only threat was when Rashford had the ball. Like, I don't think Bruno did much. Uh, Anthony, as per, he doesn't do much. And then Martial's just out running there. So it's they're just so like limited, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, one, so now post game, I did think there were a few interesting things that happened. So um, people were asking why Jane, or one a reporter asked Aaron Tech, Eric Ten Hag, manager for Man U, why Jane Sancho didn't play. And he just mentioned he wasn't, you know, up to snuff in training. You know, it matters to play Manchester United. You have to be able to train well properly. And Jane Sancho came out, brought out the notes app with his own, um, you know, post game comment saying, like, don't read everything you hear. Like, I train hard. Like, I, I want to be here. Like, basically like kind of going against what the manager said. So um, Charlie, your thoughts here on just kind of Aaron, Eric Ten Hag's reign or control of the locker room, it seems a bit in shambles on all accounts. The notes dreaded app. notes app, man. You're in That's the how you know it's good. With the notes Starting app. in week four. Um, yeah. So I was also, I like, didn't see any pregame. So I was texting you guys like, what does Jaden Sancho have to do to get a crack at right wing? Like, because Anthony has been terrible this year. I've never been a big Anthony that's, guy. That's so good. Like, I didn't obviously <laughs> know the bad. But yeah, also because mm-hmm. of his poor character off the field. Um, but no, I, I think it's. I mean, I, I'm, I stand behind Ten Hag. Like he must have been training pretty badly because all the moves like last year when they lost four zero Brentford and like he made some swift decisions the following week. Um, even like this year, like stripping McGuire, the captaincy, like putting him to the bench, like going to get the guys he wants. So like it's, it, it was moving the right direction. I said, obviously before these four weeks. So I, I trust him. Like he must've not been performing yeah. well. Like, like I get, I get it, but I think it's not, doesn't, it's not a good look on the club when you have to answer to that. And then your player tweets something out, like almost immediately after the game, that's just bad. Um, so hopefully he gets his shit together and after the international break, he's not, he's not in the, England squad, so hopefully he can start training and come back and give him a chance, no, dude. Anthony has not yeah. done anything. Well, I just thought it was interesting, like, immediately coming out after, like, a loss that didn't seem like right place, right time, but just in general it seemed um, like not a lot of control in that locker room, unfortunately. So, moving on, though, uh, Liverpool uh, played Aston Villa uh, at Anfield. Big 3-0 win. Um, goals from McAllister and then an own goal, and then Salah did get his goal as well. So, uh, pretty dominant performance. I... So I had my Labor Day weekend. I went to California for my grandmother's 90th birthday. Uh, so I had a chance to experience what the Premier League is like on the on the West Coast. I got up at – they played at 6 a.m., so I set an alarm for 5.59 and rolled over and started watching on my phone on Peacock. So um, I had a chance to check it out. It was – I mean, obviously thrilled with the performance. Thrilled we got an early goal. Um, I was concerned about the Gomez and Matt's partnership, but Gomez played pretty well. Uh, Villa had a couple chances, but on the whole, like not a lot of venom in their attack, which I was kind of surprised about. But, um, but yeah, really, really thrilled to have a win and take ten points out of twelve. Uh, you know, going into the uh, the international break, so um, I was thrilled with their performance. I'm not sure if you guys has you guys had a chance to watch any of the highlights or anything. Yeah, I did. Um, 
started off with Sobosly's pretty sick goal. But I feel like Liverpool, they could have had at least like two more goals. Yeah, I feel like Nunez could have definitely scored. Um, couple, did he, he hit the post he, a couple times? And he, Salah hit so the he post? had his own goal, and then he hit the post yeah, once. Right. So you'll be shocked to know he had four chances and only kind of half converted one. So he was a little wasteful, which gotcha. was a bit of a bummer to see. I was hoping he'd become like just be a super clinical this whole year, but we'll see. Yeah, and then uh, Trent got hurt, correct? He did. He did hurt his hamstring, uh, so he's not going to be on England duty. He. So I did see a chart on Twitter that, like, three of the last five um, international breaks, he's, like, had a small tweak that's caused him to miss, miss like, English duty for, like, it's, like, just, like, 10 days or 14 days. It's it caused him to miss yeah. it. So, but I'm not sure how extensive it is, but it sounds like he's not going to be the bell for the next couple of weeks. Dang. Yeah. And um, so, Aston Villa, just, they're just a sieve against good teams, huh? You know, not, not the best – uh, day for the the Villa train, but um, yeah, against Newcastle lost five one, and then obviously getting throttled here. But I mean, those are probably two of the toughest grounds they're going to play at like the whole year. I see Charlie not in his head as well in agreeance. Yeah, I mean the the trains just weren't right. running that day. It was a holiday, Brady. <laughs> you know, it was holiday weekend. Trains weren't running. Fair enough. Fair enough. The station. Um, I uh, when we talked about it earlier, Sobel Sly signing of the summer. Dar <laughs> right when I give Darwin his flowers. Uh, he goes and misses a bunch of sitters, which was kind of tough. But I also think, like, I have the only two things I have to takeaways. I only watched the highlights of this game was Liverpool's back line shaky again. Um, you need obviously Van Dyke. I think he has yeah. how many more games of suspension? One or two. Um, hopefully Trent's back, but like, you, you need a better back line, more sturdy. Last two games they've been had a lot of mistakes. And then I don't know if you saw this. I watched the NBC highlights on YouTube. It did. Yes, it was at Anfield, right? Wow. Yep. There was a whole section above one of the so goals, totally empty. What the total, hell is going on? This is one of the things where I look when I think of like soccer and how different it is from American sports. So I, so the Liverpool is in a rebuild of their Anfield Road end. So like the whole top end of that, like the side facing the, the cop, is under construction, and they're in a dispute with the construction company that's doing the work that was supposed to be completed before week one, and now they're like at an impasse. So like. Could you imagine if, like, that's the thing that like makes me just like think it's a little bit like. Could you imagine if, like, the Dallas Cowboys were doing like like had a fourth of their stadium or like a fifth of their stadium like not open for week one, and like it was a continuous issue? Like that's a part I just don't understand how some of that stuff happens over there. Much of Scouser just like going FSG's on strike. probably trying to <laughs> trying to <laughs> pinch Dude, pennies. <laughs> they don't want to open up their pockets. We can either finish the stand or we can sign Ravin, Gravin, Ryan Gravenberch, and we chose Gravenberch, I guess. So um, <laughs> I guess we'll have some sauce in that. But yes, Charlie, to answer your question, that's under construction. Hopefully, they're supposed. To, I think they're going to try and get it done. Hopefully, over the international break, with no games and stuff. But um, it's going to be a continuous issue, though. It's limiting okay, capacity. Good. But yes, good how many more games is Van Dyke suspended? Well, they appealed it. I got to go back and look. So, like, straight red cards usually three, but I know they appealed it to try to. And is it one. is that just Premier League games, or is that also like just cup games League, too? Just the Premier League. So he he's coming back. His first games against Spurs, of course. He'll be back. Don't worry, Brady. Have no fear. Have no fear. <laughs> there you go. Zero um, is little such a red. Such a. But uh, such Brady, a speaking of Spurs, nice little weekend for Spurs. Five two walks through it. Yeah, just another little walk in the park at Turf Moor. Oh yeah, Spurs you're so used to walk walks in the park everywhere, man. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Nice win, one five two. 
Uh, started the game a little shaky. Burnley scored in like the first 10 minutes or so, but I was watching it and I was just like, you know, it was a nice goal or whatever, but I wasn't like concerned. Like before or last season, I've been like, oh my God, like we're going to have to score two more goals. And then Spurs just kind of just kept applying pressure. And I mean, Burnley, they just, they're not very talented. And I feel like they try to play a too aggressive way and they don't have the players to do it. Um, so started off with um, Son had a nice goal, uh, kind of on a breakaway, he chipped the keeper. And then Romero had a sick goal from outside of the box right before the half. Mm-hmm. Um, that really gave us some good momentum. And then Son, two more goals in the second half, got his hat trick. Hat trick for Sonny. Hat trick oh, for yeah. Sonny. He's, I thought, yeah, I thought he was washed. I thought he was washed. All right, all right, this is my new thing. So how Charlie says that Marcus Rashford at left wing is he's 10 times the player. You know, I'm going to have to take an L on my Richarlison take, but Son at striker is, okay. is the key to this. You know, we just signed Brennan Johnson, so I'm sure oh, he'll, wow. he'll take one of the wings and Kulosevsky will take the other. But, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, he, he just runs behind and he, he's good with link-up play. Not going to get much many goals off, like, crosses from headers because he's not big like Richarlison, but I think it's a good trade-off to make. Don't worry, Richarlison <laughs> wasn't getting many goals off headers either. <laughs> Dude, I had that in my notes, too. I had uh, uh, place on a striker, leave Richarlison on the bench. Um, I think, dude, honestly – Son obviously not washed, but I'm not going to discredit him because yeah. I, I really like Sonny. But one of those goals was just atrocious oh, defending yeah. by Burnley, um, which is like again, like he still had three. That was a great game by him. And I also think like I know you won five two. Just watching the highlights too, like Burnley had some good chances. They could have had maybe three goals in there. So again, great win. You win by three, like away. It doesn't matter who it is. Like, and I can't say anything right now too, but. I just think like Burnley could have scored a couple more, but obviously, dude, I think it's hilarious too. With, like Royale and Romero, to me, like as a non-Spurs fan, I'm just like those two are so chaotic. Where like they'll just like do some crazy stuff at the back and like be so dumb, and then just like score like worldies as like the Royal. Royale hasn't started since he uh, uh, scored that, the first game. It's been poro. Yeah, tough to, tough to crazy, team, dude. I'm, yeah, Rami Romero is really damn good. He has. Win, I don't think he's. He hasn't been carded this year. I don't even know if he's committed a foul yet, which is just insane for him. He's so rash out there. So, Brady, you mentioned you were kind of talking earlier, and you are like, you know, they Burnley scored a goal, but I wasn't worried. Like, it sounds like you kind of have this – that almost seems like faith, but I haven't really associated that word with you in Tottenham football at it, all. But you seem to have, like, a quiet confidence that, like, even if things go I, wrong, which is unlike I do. you supporting Spurs. Where's yeah, no, it, it's – it's weird. Just this team's demeanor. I feel like they'll just, they're going to play no matter what the game state is, just the way that they're supposed to play. And they always play, which is attacking, free flowing. Um, we're not going to sit back too much. I think it just all comes from the manager. I mean, this guy is the real deal. Um, I mean, he's just, I feel like everyone's playing with so much confidence and we're so young and these guys are playing so well. It's, it's, it's really refreshing. And I mean, James Madison, you talk about Sobasly as a sign in the season. Yeah, James Madison is—he's he, right up there with him. I mean, you can make an argument either way, but he's just so much fun to watch. Like every time he's on the ball, it's just like he's going to make something happen. It's—it's it's just so unlikely to see you have joy to watch Spurs. It's this is. Something I know. Like, I, very, I said it before we recorded. I, hate it. I got my joy back. I—I <laughs> I, I almost I'm almost hesitant to see if it's ever going to go away and what that might look like for you to get your hopes up. But um, but no, Spurs are playing well. Um, 
and obviously they're you know kind of they're second right now in the Premier League. We'll get to the PL table here, but um, of the only other games kind of here in note, uh, another news: Chelsea are awful. They lost to a Nottingham Forest one zero. Um, I I think they're just such a dumpster fire. I don't even have anything else to add. You got like there's they're spent a billion pounds and Caicedo appears to be off to the wrong foot. I guess like he's he's had a few heavy touches, gave away a couple goals. Doesn't really break my heart personally, um, but yeah, I just I think it's kind of phenomenal how poor they are given like the money they spent, which I think is going to be a continuous theme. Yeah, I got nothing there. I just like used to be Havertz, now it's somebody else. Whoever they slot up for, yeah, he's like work, he's like a poor man's funny. Darwin Nunez. Um, yeah, um, I have nothing else to say about Chelsea. This makes me happy, and I'm I hope they're mid table. Uh, Newcastle, they lost to Brighton uh pretty handily Ferguson with a hat trick as well um but do you guys feel like they're in trouble no dude they're fine they played City they played Liverpool and they played at Brighton which is kind of a tough place to play three in a row I don't I mean obviously we saw them week one when they blew the doors off Villa and we're like oh this is the greatest team ever I don't think they're there but they're definitely a top half of the team table Top half of the table team, excuse me, but they'll be fine. That's three tough, three really tough games to start the year. Um, and plus, I mean, Brighton's a good team. I know I said I've gone and gone snip snap the last couple of weeks. They're pretty good, dude. They that coach gets them playing well. Whoever whoever plays, I mean, so I'm not worried about Newcastle. I think they'll bounce back after the break. I'm a little, I'm a little worried. Like I don't think that they're gonna finish top four. I'm not worried that I think they'll get a European spot, but I mean, I feel like they're just a team that. They'll get hot eventually, and they'll ride some momentum. But you know, they're getting a really hard Champions League group. Like there is absolutely no rotating in that. Um, I mean, like they're like really solid all around. And like Dan Byrne is their left back. Like Anthony Gordon is good, but he's he's mm-hmm. wasn't playing for a lot for Everton last year, and he's starting up top. Almiron is like decent. I mean, I feel like they kind of overachieved last year for top four, but I don't think they'll be repeating that this season. Yeah, I I would echo Brady's sentiment too. Like, I think I do agree they've had a really rough stretch of games, but they're about to like Brady mentioned like a horrific Champions League grueling schedule, which we'll get into in another pod, like discussing Champions League. But I know just in general, like that's going to be tough once their schedule gets even more congested. So um, I am slightly concerned for them, but like I semi agree with what Charlie said though, with it being a tough schedule. So. We'll see what comes for them after the international break. But now I'm going to take a look at the Premier League table here. Um, after four weeks, Man City in first, 12 points out of 12. Haven't really played a whole lot of people outside of Newcastle. So um, a little bit surprised. If you told me Tottenham was going to be second with 10 points, I would not have believed that. So top four, Man City, Tottenham, Liverpool. And then West Ham also surprised with 10, on 10 points, along with West Ham, or along with Arsenal as well. Um, any initial thoughts there on kind of that top top part of the – of the of this of the table, fellows. I mean, we were bagging on West Ham to start the season. <laughs> they didn't make any signings, but they look pretty damn good so far. Um, I also think, like you said earlier, like if Arsenal lost that game, like not that any like race is over, and I know Spurs are in second, but it's gonna like you're not gonna have City drop too many points. So if these other teams start cannibalizing each other, like. It's going to be tough to catch up, but I think, uh, yeah, shout out to Spurs being top four. Um, ugh, my stomach hurts saying that, but 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it's still early, but I think it's kind of comical seeing uh, uh, Man U and Chelsea at 10 and 11. And then the bottom of the table is already a dumpster fire, which is hilarious. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it's interesting. It's yeah. still really early, it is, though, but really we'll see. Uh, yeah, kind of middle of the table, Manchester United, Chelsea, Fulham, Newcastle going spots 11 through 14. Not ideal. But then you mentioned kind of the bottom of the table. It is going to be, man, it's tough down there. Burnley, zero points. Luton, zero points. Both of them will only play three games. And then Everton with one point. Sheffield with one point. That, that I'm really disappointed in Everton. I, like, considering who they played, be like, they should have had at least one win. I didn't look up their XG from this past game, but I, I'm assuming that own goal off Pickford, Pickford couldn't have helped them, unfortunately. But, man, they're, they're just in the dumps, too, and they have a harder schedule even going now. So, um, he did have a crazy save, double save at the end, though. So I did. feel like he kind of made up for that. Did you see, what he, am was I? Like, he was like smirking though about it, like to like the crowd. It's like, <laughs> dude, you're like, you were in, you're in the bottom of the table, man. Like, figure it out. One of my favorite things that I'm going to continue to follow this Premier League season is just watching the reaction of Everton fans and the desperation in the crowd. It is so funny. These these. Scousers are freaking crazy. <laughs> Dude, I can't blame Everton fans. They've been through hell these past, like, no, I know. at least the past three years where they've been in relegation battles. But, like, God. Isn't it funny that Carlo Ancelotti was their manager, like, three years ago? <laughs> like, a world-renowned manager now. You got Sean Dyche, which, I mean, he's struggling now. But I know he was decent, but, like, that's just the level yeah. that they fall into is pretty remarkable. I do think they'll they'll separate themselves from the bottom, like, three or four. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if the three promoted teams go straight back down. I mean, they have not shown much promise or signs of life. I know, but like you got to look at who they played though. Like they've already played they, their first four games were Fulham, Villa, Wolves, and Sheffield United. Like I know, two, yeah, two of those yeah. are in the bottom five. Fulham, I mean, they've played well, <laughs> but like that's not like they're going to finish maybe mid table. Like I'm really yeah. concerned about them. What about you, Charlie? I, like you said last week, I think it'd be hilarious seeing Everton's <laughs> new stadium in the championship. Um, but yeah, if they want to stay up, they needed a better start than one point from that first four right there. I also think like going on, like Luton is not great. We said this, Sheffield's not great, but I think give Burnley a chance. Um, they've had a tough schedule to start. I think they'll not be like safe, as safe as people thought they would, like closer to like 11 or 12, but I think they'll be safe. Yeah, um, I bet Sheffield have a solid team. finishes ahead of Burnley. Uh, okay. Also, one thing we forgot about, mm-hmm. Luton started off at Kenilworth Road. They had their first game. Uh, they lost to West Ham 2-0. I, they, or sorry, 2-1. Uh, I Both of the g- games where they've scored a goal, it's been like very late when they're down two goals. I'm Really looking forward to like them either like scoring the first goal or like scoring a goal to tie it or something like that when it's like an, a legit like point worthy goal instead of just kind of like at the end like anticlimactic. So, um, but no, it was I saw the highlights and it looked like it was rocking. But yeah, West Ham got a got another win there. So uh, that rounds out our Premier League coverage. But now it's time to turn to our next segment, uh, Championship with Charlie Charlie Rose. What are we What are we rolling with here? Yeah, um, didn't catch any games, but it was interesting scorelines all across the championship. Uh, a lot of the top teams I've been raving about the last couple weeks uh, took, a, took a loss. But um, starting with leads like every week, um, just not going to get it done when you are at Allen Road playing Sheffield Wednesday, who's 20th in the table, Ugh. and you have a 0-0 draw. 
That's one that's going to hurt you if you're trying to get promoted at the end of the year. That's a must win. Um, Chef, shout out to Sheffield United Wednesday goalie. Sorry, Sheffield Wednesday's goalie. Um, he had a couple really good fingertip staves on one-on-one plays. We had opportunities. I think that was the first clean sheet we've kind of had in months. So that was, I guess, silver lining. But hey, wait, yeah, lead 0-0, zero, zero, that's not good. Your boy Patrick Bamford, big 3-0 for him today. <laughs> big 3-0, the last man. He back there? Is he still hurt? Oh, man. He has, he has been. Oh, God. Seems like stunning. just yesterday he was uh, getting always be injured. And- he was getting the mighty have fallen. He was, he was good. Go that, like, it was a good match. Um, yeah, so leads with a 0-0 tie. Um, Sinistera left on a uh, loan to Bournemouth, but we kept Nanto. So decent front squad. I guess we'll have, we'll have some good players um, throughout this year, which is nice. But um, all right, next. Big shout-out to the Sunderland Black Cats. Beating up on a super hot Southampton team 5-0. to zero. All right, Ed Sheeran's boys um, with the 3-2 victory. Bounce back for Ipswich Town. Leicester lost their first game of the year. Um, 1-0 to to Hull City. And then Norwich also lost. All the teams I've been raving about the last couple weeks caught L's. And the one big point for the championship is Preston North End is the top of the table right now. Who? Exactly. I did a deep dive on the roster, and I couldn't name you guys one player on that team. (laughs) Um, but good for them. Shout out for them. They're top of the table through five weeks, which is pretty cool. But uh, yeah, I have no idea anyone on that team. So interesting week in the championship. But uh, well, it's also international. I'm looking them up right now. Yeah. Preston North End. They've only given up three goals yeah. so far. They've only scored their fortress. They've only scored eight, but they've only given up three through five games. So it's quite an impressive defensive record, I guess, especially in this league. Yeah. So that's uh, that's the championship. Interesting week, but that's just what you get when you. You watch second division soccer. Yeah. Well, I hope I hope Leeds can f- pick it up because they're in fifteenth place right now. I know it's still early days, but um, six points. All right. Well, anything else, Charlie? Or that's all for this week, boys. I didn't watch any, but hopefully Leeds can bounce back and score some goals next week or next. All right. Well, Charlie, thank you for the championship with Charlie. Um, that's going to cover our soccer coverage here. Uh, we're going to switch gears, talk a little just college football week one, kind of our general thoughts. Uh, I did get a chance to watch the Iowa-Utah State game. Uh, I was in Nirvana, the first drive, with nice kick return. First pass of Cade McNamara's career is a touchdown. Vertical passing, speed on the outside. I was thinking this is a whole new era, which I was excited about. Um, Cade looked good through the first first half, got a 14-0, and then kind of put the brakes on. Unfortunately, everything kind of stalled a little bit. Um, offensive line's a serious question. Did you guys get a chance to watch any of the Iowa game at all or no? No. 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 Right. Just me. Um, but no, yeah, I had a chance to watch it. Um, overall, I know Pierce K is not 100% healthy, which is a bummer. But still, that said, very much an improvement. I thought there were still a couple ball like passes through that were dropped that would have been touchdowns. Um, still impressive that way. But yeah, his mobility is not what it once was, I guess, with that quad injury. So, Concerned about that, but on the whole, I mean, happy to get a win, but not as optimistic going into the into the Seahawks game as I'd like to be. But uh, I think, you know, with all that said, like I'm still you know excited about Iowa football here, you know, throughout the rest of the year. But would like to see our offensive line pick it up a little bit. There was just a couple times where it was like third and one, fourth and one, and couldn't get a yard against Utah State. You know, like that's a little bit of a red flag. But 
Um, football was back in Kinnick, back in black was rolling. Um, I'm excited that college football is back. But uh, in the midst of all that, I was I had another screen with Colorado and TCU on as well. Um, did you guys get a chance to see any of that? I didn't see any college football on Saturday. I was just I was moving, but um, I guess Coach Prime is legit. Give me your prime takes. Get, talk to me about your your prime takes. I think he loves the camera. He loves the limelight. But God damn it, he backed it up this weekend, didn't he? Shit. Good. Um, yeah, good for them. I mean, they got some they got some ballers on that team. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, like there's and the thing too, I think that helped was like there were like not a whole lot of ga- good games on that in that window either. So like everyone was tuned into them, and uh, I mean Shadur Sanders, like he was fantastic at quarterback, and then like Travis Hunter too playing. I think he played like 110 some snaps on both sides of the ball, which was ridiculous. Um, Emma Kate, my fiance was a little sad about her TCU Horn Frogs uh, that they that don't appear to be going back to the Natty uh, this year. Uh, just started off by losing out to Colorado, <laughs> but uh, but I mean also just kind of classic Big Twelve football. Like both teams in the forties, kind of felt like whoever was going to have the ball last was going to win, but it uh, didn't end up being the case. But I think game day, I think game day is going to be at Colorado here next week, right? Texas, They're in Alabama. Texas, Texas, Alabama, or Bama. Oh, Texas, Alabama. That's right. Then maybe it's Fox then. Fox College Game Day. Oh, okay, yeah. Joel Klatt will be there in Boulder. So yeah, against Nebraska. I I saw a tweet. I saw on Twitter that the there's more money on the Nebraska. Sp- or the Colorado spread this weekend than all combined spreads for the NFL games this week. What? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Wow. Dude, I had to like read that twice. I was like, that's insane. That makes me want to put some money on Nebraska now. <laughs> there's no way. Um, okay. That, yeah. I mean, I think it's good for Colorado for sure. I mean, they took a chance on, you know, having prime come in as their head coach, but uh, I'll be interested to see if, as the season plays out, if like Colorado is that good, I mean that standard like quarterback seemed to be that good, but um, I think it's entirely possible that TCU's defense was pretty pretty bad. So uh, we'll see what happens if they face some more stout competition. But I mean, on the whole, still like that must have been cool for him too to have his son go out and ball out like that as like as a quarterback and everything. So um, I think one there. one last one last thing on that game. Did you guys yeah. see the jerseys that he he doesn't have captains? But like his son that. had an L on his jersey for like being a leader, and then that other guy who had like the pick and all the catches had like a D and for being a dog. <laughs> that yeah, was hilarious. <laughs> no captain, just leaders and dogs. That's all there is. Yeah, I did see that too. That was pretty funny. Um, and then other just college football note: uh, Florida State, LSU, end up. I had some atrocious college football picks. I hope nobody tailed me on any of that. Um, I had a pretty rough weekend, but uh, Charlie, big big kudos to you. Um, with your Florida State pick coming through, take a little take a little victory lap here, sir. You know what? It pays to be a Brian Kelly hater sometimes. Um, <laughs> I that game was a toss up. I think going into it, and I think like we said Latin last week's show, it was whoever wins that is off to the races and has a good chance of making the playoffs. So um, they were down at half too, which is crazy. They were down three, but they shut them out in the second half and scored like four and then it's a touchdowns. But uh, yeah, they look they look pretty legit and. Uh, also, with Clemson's loss, I think Florida State is a clear favorite in the ACC now, and mm-hmm. maybe the playoff. But yeah, they look they looked pretty fun. Um, that was that was the only real football college football game I watched this weekend. Um, but it was it was a good game. Yeah, I think Florida State like they definitely appear to have that path to 
I know it's only still week one, but at least in the ACC, they seem to be um, you know, the one that's kind of in the driver's seat there, along with potentially North Carolina after Duke just dismantled Clemson last night, um, which is pretty crazy. But um, yeah, that pretty much wraps it up college football. I know, do you guys have any bets you like going into week two, college football wise? Yes. Betting one with my, I guess betting twice with my heart. Um, Notre Dame minus seven at NC State. I think this is one of the best offenses Notre Dame has had in a wow. long time. We have a legit quarterback with Sam Hartman, so that's exciting. And then a little dog, but um, I know we talked about this too. We're a big Horns Up podcast. Um, I got Texas money line at Alabama plus 225. Um, I think that Texas is legit. This is the year. Um, I might be eating my words next week, but I'm excited with that one. I, I didn't get a chance to watch much of Texas. I heard they had some trouble blocking against Rice, but yeah, that game's going to be awesome. Like Texas at Bama, it's going to be fantastic week two. Uh, Brady, what about you? Yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of college football this weekend, but just looking over some spreads and, and some lines, my bet of the week is Kansas minus three. They host Illinois this weekend. Um, Kansas, they return a lot of guys. Uh, the quarterback's good player. They won pretty handily this past weekend, and Illinois struggled against Toledo. So I'm on the Kansas uh, season win total over six, I believe. Are so you really? I'm just when did you, yeah. you get on yeah. that? When did you get on that? My good friend Matt Coiner uh, told friend me about it. So friend of had, had, to, had to tail him. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I'm also on Florida State to win the ACC and Utah to win the Pac-12. Okay. So you had a good Pac-12. start. So the, yeah, that's a good start. Which Pac-12 had a hell of a weekend. Undefeated. I think it was a first, yeah. I think that hasn't happened or for a conference to start thirteen and zero. I don't think that's happened since like the nineties or eighties. One last ride for so the Pac-12. Going off. They're going out style. with the bang. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, they'll beat each other up in a couple weeks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, my pick. I went for uh, Wake Forest minus ten and a half against Vanderbilt. Uh, Vanderbilt 2-0, and I think it's a little, little comeback to earth for Vanderbilt football um, at Wake Forest. So uh, that's my pick, but I know I'm – I just – I can't wait for the Seahawks game. That's something I look forward to every every year. Um, so I'm really looking forward to getting a chance to watch that game. I think the Hawks win. Uh, I think – I mean, Iowa State, they did have a better – you guys see the Iowa State line got down to like minus 6.5 against you and I this week? Yes. Right before the yes. game. What was up with what that? What did it start at? It was minus 20 and a half or like 20. It was something crazy. And then like earlier in the week, it was minus 20 and a half. And then it dropped all the way to six and a half. And I'm not entirely sure why, but like even the morning of it was nine and a half and then it dropped to six and a half. And then they ended up just absolutely demolishing I, or you and I. So I think it just that has to be a record of like the biggest swing, right? Or I would think so. Up there. Like, I've not, never seen. And that's like, I had never seen it drop like just a two touchdown difference like leading up to a game, like didn't appear to be a whole lot of injuries or anything like that. So that, that was odd line movement. But uh, I think now I'm going into it's Iowa minus three and a half going into this week, um, which I'm excited about. So uh, I would, I just, I'd take a win right now, um, keep a healthy Cade and then you'll gear up for, you know, hopefully maybe get a chance to rest him against Western Michigan, see how that game goes. But um, it's a, I I would say game always a special game to me and something that, I'm going to be looking forward to and hoping the Hawks can make it six in a row winning at Ames, which would be a lot of fun. So uh, that wraps it up here on the Three Points Podcast. Uh, We will be dropping another episode here Thursday morning covering our NFL predictions, so stay tuned for that. But 
everybody, thanks for listening, and we'll be talking soon.